You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Good morning. It's good to be with you today as we conclude our series on God's companions. And as I've said uh, from several weeks ago, God has given us everything that we need to be God's friends, uh, to, to worship God, and also to eat with him, to be a companion, which literally means to break bread with one another. And God has done this by offering us the body of Christ in three different forms, Jesus, the church, and the Eucharist, or Holy Communion. Almost everything we need to know about God, about humanity, and God and humanity happens around this table. It began with invitation, then gathering, then proclamation, then response, then sharing. And today we talk about going forth out into the world, being blessed with a benediction, going from this place out into the world. Our scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 23rd verse. It'll be on the screens, it'll be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desire to see what you see, but do not see it. And to hear what you hear, but do not hear it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last night, uh, Christy and I were able to see Dune at the IMAX, which was incredible. We don't have time to talk about Dune because it would take forever, but it was, it was immersive, it was loud, your seat was, was rumbling, and there's this really interesting power that, that, that Paul has uh, in, in this, uh, it, it's almost like a Jedi-like kind of where he can talk and convince and see the future and do all, he sees things that no one else can see. And he doesn't use that power to lord it over anyone. He uses that to build community. When seeing this movie, it's this, this totally immersive experience. It's this other world with other language. And, and like I said, your seat is rumbling. Today, we talk about being the amen of the prayer that we pray out into the world to build this kind of immersive kingdom of God where we see the good, where we see where the universe is headed, where we see the grace of God and helping others to catch that vision. Jesus gathers the disciples and says, blessed are the eyes that can see what you see. And we pray that we might see that here today as we are empowered to be the amen. So we've had gathering, we've had invitation, gathering, proclamation, response, sharing, and now sending forth, being the amen of our prayer. You know, the prayer has, has five steps, right? I've talked about this before, right? There are five steps to prayer. Uh, adjective for God, proclaim what God has done, for what are you asking, why are you asking it, and then you bring it home with a good amen, right? So something like, gracious God, who causes the grain of the field to grow Bless this bread to the nourishment of our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? Thanksgiving's coming up. Now grandma will ask you to pray, and you can pray like a champ. Those are the five steps, right? 
right? The amen is the easiest part of the prayer to remember, right? Uh, whatever happens in the midst of your prayer, you know you can always land on a clear amen and, and, and get out of it. It's the easiest part of the prayer to remember, but it is the hardest to enact. Because amen means let it be so. Let it be so. It's like uh, uh, the Ten Commandments movie, Yo Brenner, let it be written, let it be done, right? Let it be so. And not only God may you do this, but God has inspired us as God's people to be the amen in the world. We pray these prayers, we gather for worship, we say lots of things, we read scripture, and at the end of the day, we are supposed to say amen, let it be so, and then we are to be the vehicles through which that happens. Yesterday, also yesterday, uh, we had early response training, or early response team training, and thank you to those of you who were, who were there uh, for that, where you learned how to be equipped to go into, after a disaster, how to go into that space as a follower of Jesus. And lots of things we could talk about because sometimes we, when you're an early, early responder, not a first responder, but an early responder, sometimes it means you are blue tarping a roof. Sometimes it means you are removing debris. Sometimes it means you're helping people take their prized possessions and moving them to the curb. But all of the time it means listening and being with, simply. That's what it means, to listen and to be with. Bob Dyke, who is the acting, Reverend Bob Dyke, who's a, if you don't know Bob, your life is, is not as fulfilled as it should be. Bob Dyke is an amazing pastor. Uh, he is currently the acting head of disaster relief in the Louisiana Conference. And, and he says at the training, because he, he recounts a story, it's an amazing testimony, he recounts a story where he saw his roof being ripped off as a child and the kind of mark that that leaves, right? And you see your dad trying to feverishly cover the roof and get things together. And, and it's part of his calling to be in ministry. It's part of the reason why he entered into ministry. He said, look, at the end of the day, I can't prevent these things from happening. But I can walk alongside you as they are. I can't prevent these things from happening, but I can walk alongside you while they are. That's what it means to be a companion. That's what it means to break bread with someone is to walk alongside with them as these things are happening. Especially with disaster relief, the same kind of rhythm that we see around the table, invitation, gathering, proclamation, response, sharing, and sending forth also happens at the work site, right? There's an invitation, and they say it a hundred times at early response training, don't just bust up into someone's house and start throwing stuff away, right? You have to be invited into that space. That is their home, that is their sanctuary, that is their place, and you must be invited. It always starts with an invitation. But then there's also a reconciled gathering. As a work team, you have to reconcile everything amongst yourselves before entering into that space. You don't go to a work site disagreeing of where to put the trash and disagreeing what the meal's gonna be or who's getting the bottle. You have to be on the same page, same team before you go in there. You have to reconcile as a gathering. Just like when we gather around the table, let us now show signs of peace and reconciliation among one another. Don't bring your junk up here. Figure it out out there. Shake hands reconcile, and then come forward to receive the grace of Jesus, right? So you wait for the invitation, you gather as a reconciled body, and then there's proclamation. Every, every day, if you do early response, there's a devotion at the beginning because we ground ourselves in the work and the mystery of Jesus. 
We're not just folks moving trash and, and, and taking out drywall. It is rooted in being the hands and feet of Christ. So there, is, so there is a proclamation of the story of God. And then we respond by finally moving into the home to minister to the family. And then there is a holy sharing. The stories you hear. I remember when Hurricane Katrina relief, uh, I was talking with a homeowner. She lived off of Louisiana Avenue. And we're sitting on her porch and she said, thank God for the flood. I said, I'm sorry? She said, yeah, thank God for the flood because the floodwaters held the oak tree back. If it hadn't been for the water, the tree would have taken my entire house because of the wind. Thank God for the water. Mm. The holy sharing that you experience during that time. Not unlike when we come forward to share our gifts with one another around this table when we are all sharing the same loaf of bread. And then there's a sending forth. There's always a benediction. There's always a blessing to then go back home and wait for the blessed opportunity to do it all over again. Invitation, gathering, proclamation, response, sharing, and sending forth. We can't prevent these things from happening, but we can walk alongside as companions as they do. Everything that happens around the table, we see this, and I I hope that through the series you're beginning to see this pattern. Blessed are the eyes who can see this, Jesus says, right? This pattern, this pattern, of course, it happens around the table, and just to put a bow on it, there's the invitation. Christ invites all who love him to this table, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with each other. This table is open to you, whether you live on this side of the railroad tracks or the other side of the railroad tracks or the color of your skin, who you love, this is a place where you are welcome to receive the grace of Jesus. And then there's a reconciled gathering. We must be at peace with each other before coming up to the best of our ability. Proclamation, we remember and we retell the story of God, of what God has done, what Jesus is doing and what the Holy Spirit is calling us to do. And then there's a response. But when the Holy Spirit invites you to come forward, taste and see that the Lord is good. Get on out of your seat. Come on up. And then there's a holy sharing as we all share from the same loaf and that connectedness with each other. And then there is the blessing of being sent forth, of being the amen, of, you know, um, you know this doesn't just happen around the table. This pattern also happens around, around the church, right? It's like casting a lure in the, in the lake. As soon as, as, soon as you're, you, you hit the water, there's, there are these ripples that happen. And, and, and they go throughout the entire lake, right? This is where the, this is the pebble that is dropped in the lake right here. And then the, the, the circles radiate from this table. There, there, are, there are welcoming churches, there are inviting churches, and there are hopefully companion churches. And I, and I, and I hope that this is where we're pointing. It's not enough to simply be a welcoming church where, the, hey, the doors are open and whenever you want to come by, you're, you're welcome. And that's good, and that's kind of a baseline for churches is is to make sure that that all are welcome to come to this place. Come as you are, and hopefully that's not code word for come as most of us are coming. Come as you are, leave changed. Come as you are, and hopefully you've fallen even deeper in love with God from what happens here. But it's not enough simply to be a welcoming church. 
The next step is to be an inviting church, a church that goes outside of the walls, that actively seeks, that says, I have a story to tell you and I know where you can find the secret of God, to go out into the world and to invite people and to walk with them here into this place. Not enough to be welcoming just to keep the doors open. It's also not enough to be simply inviting. We are called to be companions with the world, which means recognizing that church happens Monday through Saturday as well. outside of the walls of this church, to walk with one another, to break bread with one another. And I hope that everything we do isn't just a means of getting people to join Asbury. It is, as a fellow human being and a child of God, blessed and being captured by the blood of Jesus, I hope that when we go out in the world, we see ourselves as holy companions, to serve, to love, to walk alongside, even in the midst of tragedy, to be that companion. And we learn that from this table. The more we come to this table, where all are welcome, it begins to change us. It begins to affect us. It begins to, um, it's like the the old hymn, there is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. It's, It's not medicine, but it's kind of like medicine. There's a transformation that happens. That's why we do this every week. That's why we gather around this table every week. But it doesn't just radiate from this place. It goes beyond the walls of the church. Responding and sharing have been on my mind lately. There are several of us have been talking about where, where, where does COVID lead us? In all, like when we, when we looked at, when COVID first hit, we, we looked out the window and we saw a snowstorm. We said, oh, how quaint. It's snowing. A couple weeks off. But then that snowstorm became a, a, a winter. We said, oh, This is much more involved than I thought it was. And then the winter became an ice age. But the thing with ice ages is that it causes glaciers to form and those glaciers cut new pathways when they recede. And those glaciers are receding now, which means there are new pathways, there are new ways to get from A to B. And we and everyone else is wrestling with what this means. We are in kind of the second marathon of COVID. We're like 10 miles into the second marathon race of what this all means. Responding to God's word and sharing God's word. This has been on my mind lately of of how are we called to respond to God's calling. And as a father of four, I totally get it. Monday through Friday has never been more exhausting. In, in my lifetime, let me say that out loud. In, in my lifetime, and I know that other eras uh, of our shared history together, things have been more difficult. But certainly in my lifetime, Monday through Friday has never been more exhausting. And as an example, as a self-deprecating example, so Friday, Stockwell Place had their award ceremony where, where Robert and Cecilia were, were getting, I didn't know what awards they were getting. But, but here's the thing, like Friday, day off. I had visions of sleeping in in my head, like sugar plum fairies, right? And I'm just, and I knew that like we were going to go see Dune on the IMAX, but I was like, maybe I can like sneak peek, you know, HBO Max from the living room and you know, just pop, just do. And then my blushing bride says, oh, by the way, award ceremony, nine o'clock Friday morning at Stockwell, you know. And look, I love, look, I love them, all love them, love them, love them. I'm a dad, I love it. But come, but come on, <laughs> come on. It's Friday morning at nine o'clock. Like it was, it was the morning to like, you know, not get dressed until, oh God. So, 
But I went, and I'm so glad I did, because this is what greeted me. You want want to roll it? Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. Go ahead. Play it again. I love on his shirt. What does it say? Is that all you got? That's what his shirt says. Is that all you got? And the, the longer version is on Facebook, and you could take a look at that. But he sings, Have a good morning, have a good day. And then, like, ear to ear, man, just grinning, right? So the day started, we're like, Oh my gosh, a nine o'clock award. Okay. And what a blessing that was. And I've played it a hundred times since then of just unfiltered joy. I know the church asks a lot, right? In terms of responding to our faith in this second marathon of COVID and, and, and what it all means. You know, uh, trunk or treat, right? We're all, all hands on deck. You know, we have, we have our fall, falling in the fun, you know, early response training, wheelchair ramp builds, all of these things that, that we're asking of you to do. And, and father of four, I totally get it. Sometimes it's like, I, I don't want to. I want to watch Dune from a living room tonight, right? But you just might miss seeing unfiltered joy in someone else's life. Oh, watched it a hundred times. That's what it means to be the amen of the prayer at the end of the day is to go from this place being stewards of that unfiltered joy in the world. It's looking looking at the devil and wearing that shirt saying, is that all you got? Right? Love it. Is that all you got? Let's go. Experience it. Because I hope, and I know, I hope when you leave the, not saying that you're going to do a back handspring after communion, you know, I mean, that's, you know, make room. But I hope you do, yes, come as you are, but leave (laughs) deeper in love with God than when you came, ready to make a difference in the world, being filled with the grace of God to be a companion to all. That's what the amen means. Let it be so, let it be written, let it be done. Look, I love it, I would love to be able to prevent the terrible things that happen in the world. We can't. But we can walk alongside in the midst of it. And by doing so, we just might see an unfiltered heavenly joy that we will never forget. May we be the amen as we leave this place. As a helpful way to do that, our worship design team Man, they knocked it out of the park. I am so pleased. So we, we have these jars here, these God companion, God's companion jars, and it's filled with ingredients, everything you, I think everything you need, uh, everything you need to make, to make bread, right? Um, I also learned that you're not supposed to put yeast in here. You have to put it on the top separately. I learned. Thank you, worship design team, for that. Uh, but here's everything you need to make bread, and there's a recipe on the side, and uh, it's, it's got very simple instructions. It says, take Bake and break. Take this gift, bake this bread, and break it with someone this week. 
And it's a gift to you as a reminder to be the amen in the world. They're here on the altar table after worship. Come and pick one up. I know I'm breaking the kindergarten rule of not having one for everyone, right? So we might have to share. Good Christian people can share, right? But I hope you pick one up and I hope you bake some bread and I hope you break it with someone to proclaim to them the unfiltered joy of what it means to be connected with Jesus. And our wor- I, I would love to take the blame for this, but our worship design team knocked it out of the park. So take, bake, and break, and be a blessing in someone's life today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.